0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at KingsgateHobbs.com. I'd like to introduce a dear friend of our family, a man of God, has a great life and a great family. They've, they've experienced miracles. He's experienced miracles in his own life. I want, want you to go ahead and give a warm welcome to Oscar Gonzalez, please. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Blessings to everyone this morning. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. How many say amen? Amen. amen. And Pastor Senna, thank you so much once again for just inviting this skinny boy from Orlando <laughs> to just share what God has placed in my heart. And it's always a pleasure to be in the presence of Dr and D. Barker. It's amazing. You know, I watch Empower to Achieve when I'm drinking my coffee in the morning. Because I need to start up my day well. Amen. If you don't, if you haven't seen that program, go on YouTube. It's gonna just shake your day. Amen. Just I just wanted to thank you for just being faithful to God. This morning. I want to share with you um, how many know that the greatest power on the face of this earth is not the effects of an earthquake, that the greatest power on this earth is not the force of a hurricane. And I come from Florida, so I I know what hurricanes feel like, or tornado. It's not even the power of a nuclear bomb or a hundred nuclear bombs. The greatest power on the face of this earth is called the church. And that's you and me. I was at a convenience store after this crusade we had. It was in Camden, New Jersey. Not a... Camden is not a very nice area. I'm originally from New Jersey, so I was on the east side. I was born and raised on the east side of a small town called Lakewood, but Camden is about maybe 45 miles west. And they asked me to do an event outside in the bad side of town. So after the service, one day I go to the convenience store and there are two gentlemen that are outside, and I'm with uh, the coordinator of the event and I go into the store, one of the guys detained my friend, and when I came out from the uh, convenience store to get with, uh, went to get something to drink, the other gentleman, since there were two, the other gentleman stopped me, and he started to ask me for money, and I told him like Peter, you know, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, (laughs) I give unto you, And I knew what he wanted the money for. I could see in his face, you know, he was under the effects of drugs. I could, I could discern the spirits that had him bound. So I presented the gospel to him. And I told him, there is one man that can change your life, and his name is Jesus Christ. The moment I mentioned the name Jesus Christ, he ran away. But his friend was about maybe 20, 30 feet away, 20, uh, 20 or 30 feet away from me. And he comes to me and he tells me this. He says, when you got out of the car to go into the store, I heard, the, this is the way he told me, said, I heard the voice of the enemy tell me, stay away from that guy. Don't go near him. He says, but when you were talking to my friend, I didn't hear nothing. The only thing I heard was the name Jesus Christ. And the moment I heard the name Jesus Christ, that thing that had me bound, that didn't allow me to come towards you, just loosed his hold, and now I'm here in front of you. So I presented the gospel to him. I mentioned the name of Jesus Christ, but he stood. This is in front of a... I don't, they don't have 7-Elevens here. It's a convenience store. You have 7-Elevens here? Well, okay. So I'm in front of this 7-Eleven having a service. Because he gave his heart to the Lord. He started weeping. He told me this. I need $180 daily just to satisfy my addiction. But with one touch of God his face changed, his life changed right before my eyes and he started to go back and I didn't have an usher to catch him. And people are walking by like, what's going on? And I'm having my own little service right in front of 7-Eleven. What am I saying with this? I believe those days are coming back. I believe God, there is a wave that is being lifted up that's gonna sweep the entire church. Yeah. And it's going to empower us to do the works of Jesus Christ and even greater works. How many say amen? amen? In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say with me, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. is the same yesterday. Today and forever. Okay, he's the same yesterday. That talks about the past. He's the same today. Talks about the present. He's the same forever. That talks about the future. Now, I want to, in a few minutes, share with you the Christ of the past, the Christ of the present, and the Christ of the future. It's not three different Christs. It's one Christ manifested in three different times. To understand the Christ of the past He's the same yesterday. We need to uh, read the gospel, how he walked on earth. The religious uh, leaders of his day even said, what authority is this? The spirits are, 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 are um, subject. They, 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 uh, they obey him. He's healing the sick. So to give you a few examples, for example, in Mark chapter 5, Jesus comes off this boat. And he comes into the land of the Gathareans. Now, there's a man in the, in the, that comes out that's bound by evil spirits. And the evil spirits cry out to Jesus and they say, you have come to torment us before our time. Jesus casts these spirits out of the body. But before he casted them out, this is important, the spirits told Jesus, If you're going to cast us out of this body, then allow us to go into the swine. You know why they said that? Because, listen to this, spirits need a body in order to manifest their desires. So if I'm not going to be able, if we're not going to be able to manifest our desires in this man, at least allow us to manifest our desires in the swine. Jesus cast them out. They went into the swine, and the swine went over the hill, and they died. This is Jesus coming off the boat, and he delivers this man. Now, as he continues to walk, there's a woman that has an issue of blood for 12 years. And the story says that she touched the hem of his garment. And she went behind him because according to her condition, she was considered unclean according to the law. So she comes behind him and, and touches the hem of his garment, and she receives her healing to the point Jesus says, somebody has touched me. You know how many prayers go up to God? Even people that are not in church. But what shakes the throne of God is a prayer filled with faith. Someone who believes his word. Someone who believes him. And he said, someone has touched me. And she received her healing. Now, in the midst of Jesus delivering that man that was possessed by spirits and healing this woman, there was a man named Jairus that had came to Jesus and said, my daughter is sick. And he says, I'm going to go to your house. But he had to wait. He had to wait for Jesus to deliver the man. He had to wait for Jesus to heal the woman with the issue of blood. And in the process of that, what happens? Jairus' daughter dies. But Jesus, whereas the servants told Jairus, don't bother the master anymore. He, you know, your daughter's dead. But Jesus says, be of good cheer. He was telling him, I'm in control. And God is telling you, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm in control. I'm in control of your situation. I'm in control of your finances. I'm in control of your marriage. I'm in control of your children. I'm in control of your health. I'm in control. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is in control. So, this is the Jesus of the past. Another example a man who was blind. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus is walking, and Bartimaeus is sitting by the wayside, and he's yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, Call that man, because he he knew the man had faith. And he he said, What do you want me to do? He said, I want to recover my sight. And Jesus opened his eyes. Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread and fed over 5,000 people. And we continue to read in the gospel, and this is the Jesus of the past, he's the same yesterday. And when we read this, what does that do to us? It imparts faith. Say with me, faith. faith. How many know that faith is important? Faith, listen, church, faith is a, perm, a firm persuasion. It's a, it's a firm conviction that produces a full acknowledgement of God's revelation of truth. The Bible says in Hebrews 1, now faith is. Faith is not tomorrow. You don't need the miracle tomorrow. You don't need that blessing tomorrow. You, how many want it now? Now faith is, the Amplified says, the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith, perceiving as real fact that is not revealed to the senses. Faith, is you can't feel this thing. We walk by faith, not by sight. It's supernatural. Faith moves mountains. Faith heals the sick. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. By faith, in the word that Jesus gave to Peter, he was able to walk on water. Uh, I'll never forget this. I was in Dominican Republic, and we had an event that was, this was like close to, Haiti, talking about the west part of Dominican Republic, a small town called Tamayo. Tamayo is uh, a place where there's a lot of witchcraft and a lot of satanic activity. And the Lord opened the door for us to be there to hold this event outside, it was a basketball court. And I remember I started preaching. And in the intro of my sermon, there was a lady that was sitting right in the center of the basketball court. And she faints right in the intro of my message. I'm saying, man, I don't preach that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, was, I got worried. So I'm, I'm looking over towards her. And as I keep looking towards her, the Holy Spirit tells me, keep preaching my word. Yeah. So I continue to preach. And every now and then I would look at her. And every time I would look at her, the Spirit of God would tell me, keep preaching my word. Yeah. I finished the sermon. I made an altar call. And people come to the Lord, and I'm, I'm ministering to them. And when I finish ministering to the last person, I look over to the lady. And all of us, she was in her chair just fainted like this. And all of a sudden, she woke up. And she got up, she raised her hand, she started praising God, and then she come towards me. And, she, and when she comes to me, she says, I want to share something with you. Tonight you were preaching the story of the woman who had an issue of blood, and I came with that same sickness here today. Wow. She says, I went to the capital of Dominican Republic, which is Santo Domingo. I went to a doctor there. He examined me, and the doctor told me These words. This surgery is a matter of life and death. I, I, I don't dare to perform this surgery. And the doctor, the doctor asked her, are you a Christian? She says, yes, I am. And the doctor said, let the Lord operate you. Told her just like that. So it seems like she wasn't satisfied, so she went and got a second opinion. And went to a second doctor. And the second doctor told her the same thing. This is a matter of life and death. And said, are you a Christian? Second doctor. Yeah. He goes, yes, I am a Christian. She's like, what's going on? And he says, well, let the Lord operate you out of the mouth of two doctors. So she comes. She goes, this is what happened. The moment you started to preach, I saw someone dressed in white stand right before you. And as you were quoting scriptures, as you were preaching, he was walking towards me. That's why he kept telling me, keep preaching my word. And with one hand, he grabbed my hand. And with the other, he went into my body. And as you were quoting scriptures, he was performing a surgery. Now, I know that may be hard for some of you to believe. But I believe in a God that's in control of this world, the creator of this world. He created us in his image and his likeness. And that same power, hallelujah, that flowed in Dominican Republic is here today, has been here all weekend. And this is the hour where the church will arise, where you will arise. The call upon your life, you got to walk in it. The anointing is here in life. Listen, church, some of you have been laid back, sitting down. You don't know how are you going to do this. You're not going to do it. God is going to pick you up. God is going to fill you with his spirit, and he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. Come on, touch three people and say he'll do it again. Oh, Dr. D, you messed me up with that song. (laughs) Faith. Faith. The Christ of the past imparts faith. Uh, Let's pass the Christ of the present. Let's go to the Christ of the future, and I'm going quickly. To understand the Christ of the future, we can go to Revelation and read what's going to happen. They will fight against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome. We will reign with him a thousand years here on earth. He's going to change this corruptible body and give us an incorruptible body. When we we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 18, that he shall come with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and those who remain shall be caught up in the heavens. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for Jesus Christ. But before he comes, I got an assignment to fulfill. You got an assignment to fulfill. So the Christ of the future gives us hope. Somebody say hope. So the Christ of the past imparts faith, The faith and the Christ of the future imparts and gives us hope. hope. Hope is important, church. Hope is a confident expectation. And we are in expectancy. Pastor has been just declaring that over our lives and declaring it over all of us. Hope takes us to pray. Hope, we have the hope of salvation. We have the hope of The calling. We have the hope of eternal life. In the city of Orlando, where I'm living, there was a pastor in the city that one day he invites me to his church calls me during the Christmas holidays, and he says, can you come the first Wednesday of the year? I want to have a healing and miracle event at my church. I said, I'll be there. He had not promoted or anything. He says, and this, this is his midweek service. Usually he gets about, you know, five, maybe 600 people. And the church actually holds about close to 1,000. I was running late that day. When I got to the church, there was nowhere to park. Mm -hmm. I had to park at, you know, that area was like, they had like a valet area, you know. So I had to leave my car there, and I went into the church. And it was standing room only. I mean, they had broke the code. (laughs) (laughs) Because the code was about 975 people. There was at least 1,100. So people are standing. and I preached, and it, it was a wonderful move of God. About 50 souls come to the Lord. Healings happen, and then the pastor gets up after everything happened. He says, you know what? I want to continue this for the next couple of months. I want you to come the first Wednesday of every month. He put me on the spice. I want you to come the first Wednesday of every month. <laughs> I said, this is a man of faith. <laughs> this man must have looked at my agenda. <laughs> so I, I stood there and says, okay, let's do this. So we started to do this the first Wednesday of every month, for six months, every month. And and here was was the amazing thing. We were teaching, and throughout those 30 days, before the next service, we were getting testimonies of healing and miracles. So I was doing my, my, I was functioning as an evangelist, not only in the service, but also just teaching. And about the third or fourth month, I'm sitting next to the pastor, and the usher comes to me and says, They brought in a man and he's in a cot. I'm looking at her, I'm like, So I look at the pastor, says, this is your church. <laughs> I did. I said, This is your church. Are you? So he says, bring, bring them, they had three aisles. I said, Bring them to the, the middle aisle and just put them next to the first row of, uh, of seats. They bring them in a cot. This man, was in a a motorcycle accident, went through 13 surgeries, and could not walk. But the miracles every month that were happening, not just in the service, but throughout the homes and the neighborhoods, things that were happening, the church was, was, was being active. He heard of this so that... His family brought him and they, and there I am. I started preaching. I'm 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 on the stage and I, I and about maybe not even 10 minutes into the sermon, I walked down. And I and I I went to do an example, give him an example. I said, for example, because I was talking about the authority of Christ. And then I, I said, for example, it's like if I tell this man and then and I, I grabbed his hand. And, and when I said the word man, I stopped because something happened to me. I felt like Something embraced me completely. And the gift of faith, it wasn't just my faith, it was the gift of faith, it was the faith of God. And when you experience the faith of God, there was not one speck of doubt. I felt I can pick up the building. That's how much faith I felt running through my life. I told them, and then I told the people, watch this. This skinny boy would never say something like that. But what I was feeling, I said, watch this. Somebody say faith. Faith. Somebody say "Hope." hope. And when I said, watch this, I grabbed him by the arm, and I said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And the pastor saw what I was doing, so he got up, and he grabbed him by the other arm, and we both picked him up. Nine months, he couldn't walk. So now, we're holding him, and I said, come on, by his stripes you have been healed. In the name of Jesus, walk. And he's he's kind of taking little steps and he couldn't w- really walk and I said come on and I kept going church you got to keep moving you may not feel what you want to feel you may not see what you want to see but don't quit hallelujah keep moving forward because it's going to happen and all of a sudden all of a sudden the power of God hit that man he pushed the pastor one way Pushed me the other way and started to walk through that church. Completely restored by the power of God. That was the sermon. I didn't have to preach after that. Because miracles and healing started to happen all over the building. But faith is important in our lives. Hope is important. And I finish. The Christ of the past imparts what? Faith. The Christ of the future gives us hope. But the Christ of the present, how is he manifested? How is he manifested? Because he's not here. You and I read that when he died, he resurrected, and he ascended. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So He was when he was here, he was healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. He was teaching and preaching with authority. So where is the Christ of the present, and how is he manifested? He's manifested through love. Now, I said in Mark chapter 5 that every spirit Needs a body to manifest its desires. And God is a spirit. If God were to come here, in all his essence, we would die. He told Moses, you can't see me. If he were to come in all his essence, so no. So what happened? That's why one day Jesus is sitting at the right hand and says, you know what? Send me. So Christ comes. He doesn't come as God, like in all his essence. No, he needs a body. That's why his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus, he's completely human. Christ, he's completely God. But it was Christ within Jesus that was being transported. And what they were seeing was the glory of Christ that was healing, the glory of Christ that was speaking with authority. But now that he left, where is that power? Paul said that the church is the body of Christ. So now... Who is transporting the glory of Christ? You and I are. We have that power. We have that authority. So the Christ of the past imparts faith. The Christ of the future gives us hope, but the Christ of the present is manifested through his love. The Bible says... 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen, and now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Now abideth these three, the Christ of the past, the Christ of the present, and the Christ of the future. But the greatest of these. The guy at Seven 11 didn't need to see the Christ of the past. Couldn't see the Christ of the future because he hasn't come back yet. He needed to see Christ now. It's not that I'm Christ. No, I'm his body. And I'm transporting his glory. You are transporting his glory. You need to understand that you and I are more than a Christian. God doesn't even call us a Christian. He calls us sons and daughters, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Come here, young man. Come here. For example, you know, when, when Jesus, and I'll finish with this. These three young men represent the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was on the cross, there was an expression that he said was, Eli, Eli, lama which means, he says, My Lord, my Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? And the Greeks in this time, they looked and they said, Wait a minute, what's this? This is the Trinity because the word Trinity is not in Scripture. The word Trinity comes from an expression called pariokoros. Pariokoros is a perfect Harmony, a perfect dance between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the moment that Jesus said, my Father, he says, Lord, Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? What the Greeks understood is that Jesus stepped out of the dance for that moment and put us in that dance. That's why we are co-heirs with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. We are co-heirs with Jesus, and what the world needs to see, what Hobbes needs to see, what New Mexico needs to see, and you need to understand, we are not part of the government kingdom. We are part of the kingdom of God. I don't know, what the, whatever the political leaders say, that's on them, but I serve God Almighty. I'm part of his kingdom, and I have been called to transport his glory and to present Christ today. Let's all stand to our feet. Give me five minutes, please, quickly. wants to manifest Christ I know you may be going through something I know oh but you don't know what happened to me last week and no 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 this is right now this his mercies are new every morning right now you make a decision I I want I want to manifest Christ I want to transport his glory if that's you quickly come right now come right now come right now come right now You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I'm referring to your job. Right where, you know, at your job, God has you exactly there with a purpose. Start to manifest His purpose at your job, start to manifest His purpose in your neighborhood, start to manifest His purpose wherever you go. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I'm going to ask that you just raise your hands in an act of faith. That you are surrendering to him and at the same time you're receiving. And get him ready for this 2021. This weekend is an impartation. Of a new and fresh anointing. Father, right now I come in agreement with your people. There is no doubt in my heart, Lord. Your power is running through them right now. Don't look at where you're at right now. Lay hold of that prophecy God has spoken to you. Look at what the word of God that has been spoken over your life, that dream that he revealed to you, that vision that he revealed to you. Look at that. And let that fan your flame this morning. And just start thanking God. Father, I ask that you would breathe right now. Breathe right now. And I declare, Father God, that Hobbes will never be the same, Kingsgate will never be the same. After this weekend, it will never be the same. I'm not saying it as a cliche. I'm saying it in the name of Jesus. I'm saying it right now under the authority, hallelujah, that Jesus has given me in the name of Jesus right now. I declare for you to be healed right now. Spirit, soul, and body. There is nothing impossible for God. I declare it right now over your life. I declare that you receive a new anointing. And you know what God is doing? He's taking out the old oil right now and putting new oil right now. He's putting new oil into your life right now until your cup runs over. This morning I woke up and I said, Lord, and I didn't even know Dr. D was going to sing that song. I said, Lord, do it again. I told him, I said, do it again. And he's going to do it again in your life and in my life. So right now, I just want you to just thank him. Just start thanking him right now. Thank him for your healing. Thank him right now for the call upon your life. Thank him because he 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 has given you an assignment and you are going to fulfill that assignment. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the word of God before you. Who can be against you? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? This is your moment. This is the hour of the church. This is the not, a, not the hour of some superstar minister. No, this is the hour of the church. And we are the body of Christ. And we are transporting his glory unto the ends of the earth. How many say amen? Say with me, I receive it in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering.